I have a friend of mine that's uh, that's an atheist, and he's often asking me questions about why does God do the things he does and why. For example, why does God need to speak through a prophet or a preacher when God can just speak from the sky for himself? Or why do we need a, to have a Bible, this book written by man or several men in this case, where God can just write a book for himself and, and give it to us? And my answer doesn't sound very uh, philosophical, I know, but this makes sense to me. And that God is God, and he can do whatever it is he wants to do, whatever way he wants to do it. And I am in no position to question it. And these types of questions are answered in the Bible, starting with the book of Job, chapter 38, uh, starting with verse 1, I'm going to paraphrase some of this. You should probably read the entire chapter. It's pretty powerful. So, verse 1, it starts off by saying that the Lord answered Job out, out of the whirlwind and said, Who is it, verse 2, that darkeneth my counsel by words without knowledge? Maybe how we put it today is that, Who is it that throws shade on my plans when they don't know anything? Verse 3, it's like, okay, well, now the Lord is speaking. Let me ask you some questions. Maybe you can give me some answers. Verse 4 says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? You know, verse 5, when I laid the measurements out, where were you? Who did it? Verse 6, you know, upon what are the foundations of the world fastened on? In other words, when I put all this stuff together, where were you? What do you know about it? Who did it? And it's interesting that the so-called experts of today, the they say in the beginning there was a big bang. And then everything kind of just exploded into existence. But my question is, okay, if in the beginning there was nothing, how could there be an explosion? Nothing exploded? Well, that doesn't make sense. Isaiah chapter 40, looking at verse 12, it says, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and who has measured out the span of the heavens with his fingers, and comprehended, or in some translations it says, carried the dust of the earth in a basket, and who has measured and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance. Verse 13, it says, Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, hath taught him. And jumping over to verse 28, it says, Has thou not known, has thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, doesn't quit, neither is weary, he doesn't get tired. There is no searching of his understanding. Also, let's look at the book of Isaiah, chapter twenty, uh, chapter 55, and verse 8. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. 
In other words, God is operating on a whole nother level beyond our comprehension. And also in the book of Romans, let's look at that as well. Romans chapter 9 and verse 20. Romans 9 20 says, But know, O man, O person, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why have you made me this? Or why have you made me this way? And that also reminds me of the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 100, verse 3. It says, It is he that has made us, he being God, and not we ourselves. So when it comes to the things of God, we have to remember to, as they say, uh, stay in our lane. We are the created ones. He is the creator. It is his will that things are the way that they are. And then that's it. In fact, let's stay in the book of Romans and go to chapter 11 and look at verse 33. It says, Oh, the depths of the riches of both the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Well, who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has first given to him that he should recompense or pay it back again? Verse 36 says, For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. See, it's all about him. He is the creator. It's for him and through him and because of him. And it's all about him. And who are we to question him? And God does not and will not fit in the box of our limited understanding. Let's look at the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 19. It says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Verse 20 says, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe or the learned one? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Verse 21 says, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. In other words, you're not going to be able to get what God has for you through your own understanding or through man's wisdom. God set it up that way. God used, and it says here, the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. This is the wisdom of God. Verse 25 says, Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Not that God is foolish, or not that God is weak, but by man's understanding, it might look that way. Let's drop down to verse 27. It says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise 
God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised has God chosen just the things which are not to bring to not to bring to nothing the things that are. Well, why is that? That's answered in verse 29. That no flesh should glory in his presence. See, I believe at no time do we look at any of God's plans and say, wow, that was a good idea God, God had. Or, wow, that really makes sense the way God did it. Or, God, I approve of your plan. You know, we read in the Bible, for example, about the walls of Jericho. He told the children of Israel to march around it seven times and blow the trumpet. How is that going to work? That doesn't make any sense. But yet that was God's plan. Or when the disciples said to Jesus, when they were trying to feed the multitude, Lord, all we have is two fish and five loaves of bread. How are we going to feed all these people? Again, that's crazy. That doesn't make sense. Because what God is looking for is faith. Faith from us. Hebrews 11, 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You want God to be happy with you? Have faith in Him. When the Bible talks about walking by faith and not by sight, uh, that's a little easier said than done. Because God is saying, I want you to trust me in spite of what your senses are telling you. God can say, I'm going to give you a ridiculous plan. And I want you to trust me. Because I'm God. And it's going to work out. Even though it doesn't make sense to you. Have faith in God. Let's also look at the book of Ephesians. Chapter, chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, for by grace are you saved through knowledge? No. Through understanding? No. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. This is not your doing. You didn't earn this. But it is the gift of God. Verse 9 says, not of works. Lest anyone should boast about it or brag about their good works or how much favor they earned with God because they're so cool and they're so handsome and whatever the case is. They're so knowledgeable. Whatever it is. You can't boast about it. This is a gift of God. And we accept this gift through faith. And that's exactly what God is looking for. For us to trust him. To put our faith in him but a trust in what he has done. Kind of reminds me of when I was a kid, my family would go on vacation and we're driving to Arkansas and, you know, we pack up the car and we'll be off. And I remember sitting in the back seat, you know, just looking at the street signs, road signs, whatever, and going, I mean, how, how does he know where we're going? I mean, I know what the destination is, but how are you going to get there? And we're going through the city and then we're, in the open highway, and there's no other cars around, some lonely road. It's like, are you sure we're going the right way? It doesn't seem like it. 
yet we made it to our destination. So it is with God. Sometimes, you know, we just don't know. This road that we're on, the road that is our life, can have a lot of twists and turns. Lord, how am I going to get there? I know the destination, but how are you going to get me there? But as long as we stay on board with the Lord, we're going to get to the destination. So have faith, keep the faith, and stay blessed. God bless.